Well, hi guys, and welcome to the Living with Power Hope podcast. My name is Lena Abajemra, and I'm your host. It is an awesome pleasure to be with you again today. We are hitting up the season right before Thanksgiving, and we've got a lot to talk about today. Hey, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that we're in an awesome series called Dear Lena, where you send me questions about faith, life, God, and everything in between. Man, I love to talk about these things. We've talked about biblical questions. We've talked about cultural questions. We've talked about politics. We've talked about sex. And today we're going to talk about COVID. If you have uh, been here before, then you know that you can subscribe to this podcast. You can just go to iTunes and click on subscribe. And uh, if you're new to this uh, series, welcome. Welcome back. And uh, today we are going to put on my doctor hat. I am a pediatric ER doctor by training. I now practice telemedicine. So I uh, know a little bit about COVID and I'm happy to be able to answer questions as they come in. I actually got a Dear Lena question about COVID. Speaking of Dear Lena, do you, do you know that you can send me questions anytime uh, at dearlina at livingwithpower.org. My name is spelled uh, L-I-N-A, dear L-I-N-A at livingwithpower.org. I would love to get your questions and I've tried to combine some questions today under the big heading of Dear Lena. What are the most common questions you are getting about COVID today? Everybody loves it when I talk about COVID, so I hope you're going to enjoy today's podcast. I've got three questions that were sent to me at different times, and I'll uh, just go ahead and start with the first one, give you some thoughts about it. I try to think in bullet points, and so my answers will probably be to that uh, regard. Uh, The first question I got asked is very relevant to now because we are about to celebrate Thanksgiving, and so somebody sent in this question about COVID. Should I gather with my family for Thanksgiving? That's a very relevant question and one that many of you are asking. Some of you have small families and maybe you live in towns where you're not planning on going anywhere else and that might not be as big an issue for you but many of you are used to this time of year gathering with others in fact Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday it's the one where you can show up eat and not expect to be having gifts bearing or anything of that nature and uh, uh, and so it has uh, really been sort of with mixed feelings as I've heard uh, some of the uh, rules and regulations in my city of Chicago as to uh, the Thanksgiving holiday and what the mayor expects uh, but many of you are, are handling those questions in your own states some of your states are more open than others uh, but really from a health perspective should we gather with our families for Thanksgiving and so let me let me break this down into three big points first of all because the numbers of COVID cases are growing you must think about safety of gathering. The truth is we have now hit what is a second wave of COVID. I think it's pretty evident to people. Uh, The numbers in the United States of COVID are out of the roof. I think we've hitting record numbers every day, Um, you know, over 250,000 deaths, over uh, 10 million cases at this point. And every day that passes even more numbers. And in my state of of Illinois, in in the city of Chicago, of course, we are, again, in record days so that we have gone backwards in terms of our isolation. And many, I think California is now closed. And so it is a fair question to ask about safety how many people can gather you know uh, at some point we were talking about gatherings of up to 50 people now people talk about 10 people um, uh, here, here's uh, some rule of thumbs when it comes to uh, safety of gatherings if you have symptoms of illness don't gather uh, I, you know people are sometimes surprised when they call me to ask about COVID and they'll tell me they've been coughing and they've got sore throat and congestion and they feel warm but don't have a fever and I'll tell them well you need to get a COVID test and I still still now 10 months into this pandemic still get people who are utterly astounded that it crosses my mind to tell them to get COVID testing and uh, their, their first response to me is well I don't have COVID and I'm just I, I'm still laughing inwardly because I think man if you don't 
think by now that COVID can present in a number of different ways and you have not been listening. And so if you have symptoms of sinus uh, infection, of respiratory illnesses, uh, diarrhea, lack of taste or smell, fevers, cough, congestion, any of those uh, symptoms, uh, do not gather with other people. Just be safe and protect others so that it's not uncomfortable for everybody and you put, you don't, you're not putting people at risk. If you have people in your family who are immune compromised, do not gather with them. Uh, if you have people who are going uh, in treatment for cancer or on chronic immune suppressant, maybe for rheumatoid arthritis or other illnesses like that. Now, if you have people in your family who are well-controlled diabetics or asthmatics, I think that you can weigh that um, that risk factor. But but if you know that they are immune compromised as you uh, are sitting here listening to this episode, then, then think twice before gathering. And if you have to travel uh, in crowded spaces, in order to be with your family, then think twice about gathering this year. This might be a good year to skip travel. Okay, so if it's something where you're driving across town to be with family and you're planning on certainly being less than 50 people, 50 uh, or less in some cities, I think that number is lower, under 20. So you have to look into your area. But but those are sort of basic rules of thumb about the safety of gathering. So because the numbers are growing, you must think about the safety of gathering. Uh, Here's the other side of that coin. We're still talking about, should I gather with my family for Thanksgiving? Despite the number of cases that is growing, it is, I believe, possible to gather safely. Now, you know, you'll you'll read all sorts of things on the CDC website. I think it talks about, uh, I, I sort of laughed today. I think one uh, piece of advice is to bring your own uh, plates and silverware and, and food. Uh, to me, it, that's not a Thanksgiving gathering. If you bring in your own, every family has to bring in their own food, eat on their own plates. I mean, if you're going through the risk of gathering, I think either do it or don't do it. But that seems a bit crazy. But of course, you're going to read a lot on the CDC website about gathering and continuing to wear masks and maintaining social distancing. I actually do have friends who have done that with their own family. I think of one uh, of my family's, uh, one, uh, one friend I have who's up in Canada, and I've seen pictures on Facebook where they've gathered and literally sat across the way from each other. Again, uh, I'm not going to tell you our Lebanese secrets, but that uh, doesn't always happen in certain cultural settings. Let's leave it at, at, at that. But but I do believe it's safe to gather despite the number of cases that is growing. Uh, you know, some obvious things, if you've already had COVID in the last three months, you're relatively safe. Unlikely that you'll get it again. Now, I say unlikely because we don't know for sure, but but, you know, if you have members of the family who've been exposed and have already had it, uh, then, you know, you might be okay gathering together and continuing to practice some level of distancing. Again, a, a, an obvious thing, if you're willing to distance and mask and, and, and quarantine afterwards for two weeks, if you become symptomatic, then, um, or if somebody in your gathering becomes symptomatic, then do it. But if you have a job and you know you need to be at work and you are putting yourself at risk where now you might be infecting others uh, and, you know, being a, a risk for your work, then, then think twice about it. Uh, let, I'll give you an example. I work out of my own house. I do not see people regularly uh, on a daily basis. And so if I am exposed to COVID, it has zero impact on patients because I'm not seeing patients live. I'm, I'm doing telemedicine. But if I uh, were a doctor and I had to go in and see patients, it would be risky for me uh, to go out into the community and be exposed to illness and then bring that over to the hospital and vice versa. You know, of course, I'm gathering uh, potential exposures at the hospital. And so if I take it into a family gathering, I might be bringing that to the family. And I, and I get that many people who work in healthcare are getting routinely checked, but still, those are the type of things you need to think about as you think about gathering in groups for Thanksgiving in an era right now where we're in the second wave of COVID, the numbers are through the roof and states are talking about closing. If you're aware of the risk and people in your family are aware of the risk and you're still willing to gather, then do it cautiously. Do it quietly. Don't hold up a sign. You know, there's no need to, you know, 
to, to make a bonfire in the yard and, and fry your turkey out there so that all of the neighbors are, you know, are aware of what you're doing. I think do it quietly, proceed uh, cautiously. Uh, so because the numbers are growing, you must think about safety. Despite the number of cases growing, it is possible to gather safely. And, and the last little caveat that I'll put here, if the law in your town forbids you to gather, proceed wisely. And I say this with all due respect, I... Uh, uh, I, I do believe that we ought to respect the government uh, to a certain point. I, I think if you're single and you've been isolating and you've got a holiday coming and you your risk of staying home alone on a holiday puts you in a worse place than gathering with others, wearing a mask and social distancing, then uh, by all means, gather with others. Uh, so there's a point where uh, I think at the end of the day, we still have uh, some freedoms in this country. And I think uh, we are to proceed wisely. Again, there's no need to, to honk your horn and you know have a you know caravan row of cars in front of, of, of the members of the family so that everybody in the neighborhood is suspicious of what's happening happening in your home. But I think, and on the other hand, you don't have to do it covertly and secretly, but use your judgment, gather in small groups, take precautions, and above all, think about those in your family who uh, might be at greater risk and, and make your decisions accordingly. So uh, that's that. Should I gather my family for Thanksgiving? I think it's evident that I'll be eating turkey. And so without further ado, I'll move to the next question. All right, here's one that was just sent to me this week, a very good question uh, that actually prompted this particular episode of Dear Lena. So here's the question. Uh, that uh, I was asked about COVID. Is it unbiblical for Christians to self-isolate out of fear of catching COVID? Is it unbiblical for Christians to self-isolate out of fear of catching COVID? So uh, this person um, um, is concerned about catching COVID. And uh, so the strategy of I'll just stay home, I won't interact with others. Is that okay for a Christian? Is there any biblical basis to talk about isolating out of fear? Uh, well, I, I think that there are some, you know, obviously COVID is not in the Bible. Alas, there were other plagues, but not COVID. But um, but we do have some examples of of behavior in um, as it pertains to isolating and uh, seeking time alone for the sake of the community and for the sake of the health of relationships. And so the first thought, the example that came to my mind, uh, in fact, I'll give you the first sub point here. It's not unbiblical to self-isolate for a season. All right. Focus on for a season. It is not unbiblical to self-isolate for a season. Uh, that first thought that came to mind was the marriage example in First Corinthians seven, where uh, Paul uh, actually talks about men and women who are married and how um, the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and le- likewise the wife to her husband. Um, the wife does not have authority over her own body. The husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. And then it says, do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time. Now, though that pertains to marriage, and so there, Paul's advocating that there may be a time in marriage where you're like, listen, for the next couple of weeks, I need some time. I don't want to be partaking in, in sexual relationship with you. And, and if both parties agree and there's sort of a reason for it, uh, then that's okay. But, but he says um, uh, that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So the point of the text with marriage is obviously to do it for a season. I believe the same can apply to isolating in COVID. I think it's okay to isolate uh, for a season. Um, there were others who uh, took time. Fasting is a great example of that. Maybe you're fasting relational um, gatherings for the sake of community safety. Um, is it unbiblical to self-isolate for a season? No, I think I think be 
uh, very clear in your mind what that season is. Now, you might say, well, it's the entire season of COVID. Well, what if that season is open-ended? Like, uh, should there be uh, some sort of plan as to when you will reconsider? And what does that self-isolation mean? Does it apply to every person in your life? What if you have elderly parents that need your help? You know, so, so those are the sort of things you need to think about. So is it unbiblical? No, I don't think it's unbiblical, but do it for a season. I think that gathering is a habit and 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 being with others in community is a habit. I see that in church attendance. It's so much easier to attend online. Even when we complain about it yesterday, there's a huge storm in Chicago, windy. And I thought in my head when I woke up in the morning, thank God we have online community, online church. Because the last thing I felt like doing was getting in my car and going to church in the bad weather. Now, again, you understand what I mean. It's easy to just default to not gathering, um, whether it's for weather or whether it's because it's just easier. And of course, at the beginning, it might be under the premise, well, I want to guard people against COVID or I want to protect myself against COVID. But really, uh, uh, habits are so easily developed and the habit of skipping community and skipping uh, relating to others in person uh, can be one that becomes very easy to, 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 to live by. So it's not unbiblical to isolate for a season. Also, here's a thought. It's not unbiblical to self-isolate and continue to serve. You can still serve, even if you are isolating. You, you can do it online. You can do it through phone call. You can do it through letter writing. You can do it through ordering meals for people online. So there's a lot of ways that you can continue to be in community without meeting in person. Uh, if you need a list of, of that, send me an email. I'll send you some ideas. But, but, um, but you can bless people while still isolating for a season. And then another thought on this, it is not unbiblical to self-isolate, but you always have to go back to why. What's your motive in self-isolating? I think in Christianity, motive is so critical. You can do anything and do it in, in, without love, and it means not, you know, it's, it's for nothing. I think Paul in 1 Corinthians 13 says, so now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. You can have all the faith in the world. You can have all the hope in the world, but if you don't have love, you have nothing. And I think, I think you've got to always think about why am I doing why, what I'm doing. Is it, is it driven by fear? So now, remember the question, is it unbiblical for Christians to self-isolate out of fear of catching COVID? I, I would say if your motivation in that sentence is fear, then yes, it is a mistake to isolate because, you know, God protects you. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, you walk into a room full of COVID particles, but the point is don't let fear drive your decisions. Let the Lord, let, let, let love drive your decision. Now, the Lord is love. So let God drive your decision through love. And so if you're self-isolating for a season because of love, because you want to protect those in your life, I think that's wise. But be careful. Where does love turn into fear? And and when do you say, okay, enough, I'm, I'm no longer going to rule by be ruled by fear. And now you slowly reintegrate uh, with others. And so this requires prayer. Prayer, pray that God will show you uh, uh, when the season is to end. Pray that a vaccine becomes available, which brings me to the third big question. So first, gathering for Thanksgiving. Second, isolating out of fear. And thirdly, when a vaccine becomes available, do you recommend I take it? That was the third dear Lena question sent to me about COVID. When a vaccine becomes available, do you recommend I take it? Now, I can give you my thoughts, but the bottom line is yes. If you're tired of listening to the podcast and need to go finish your errands, then you can stop right now. The answer is uh, do I recommend you take it? Yes, yes, yes. As a physician in the United States, I would say take that vaccine and help us all go back to normal. Now, I'll give you sort of a big, you know, sort of, I guess, three points as I think through this question. There are some basic facts you need to know about any vaccine. 
Remember that a vaccine, there's a different types of vaccines. There's alive or dead vaccines, but basically they trigger your immune system to recognize a virus so that you're able to fight it. You have de you develop memory T cells. T cells are the, fight, the infection fighting cells in your body. And so a vaccine sort of prompts this immune response in a controlled fashion so that then you can fight off the infection down the road. Uh, the vaccine does not give you the disease. I hear a lot of people who get the flu shot who go, man, the day after the flu shot, I got sick. Now, sometimes there's a little mild viral symptoms that may happen, or maybe you already had mild version of the flu before the vaccine, but by and large, a vaccine is not meant to give you the disease, uh, and it won't give you a positive test. It may give you a positive antibody test, but shouldn't give you a positive PCR. Um, and then uh, there are some basic concerns you need to have about the vaccine. Uh, just because you get the vaccine does not mean it is 100% effective. Uh, there's still, you know, obviously the development of the COVID vaccine is happening at a very fast pace. A lot of people are, you know, more concerned about that, although the newest vaccine that is being run by Pfizer right now that is not available, obviously, yet, but it's a, saying, they're saying it's about 95% effective. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I, as a physician, will get first dibs for that vaccine, so don't worry. I'll be the guinea pig. You'll see what happens to me, and, and you'll be able to, to get some confidence based on that. Um, just because you get the vaccine, here, here's a thought, does not mean uh, back to normal quite yet. It'd be nice to be like, okay, here's a vaccine. Now everything goes back to normal because it's still sort of early stages of a vaccine. It will be months before we see any kind of back to normal. And, and same with mask wearing. I think it will be a while before uh, our government and the CDC will say, okay, now you don't need to wear masks anymore. So we're trying to create this herd immunity, not through, not through active infections, but through enough numbers of people who are protected by the vaccine. Clearly not everybody in the United States will get the vaccine. There are some people who cannot get the vaccine due to their immune system. And so uh, because enough people will get the vaccine, people will be protected. Same thing that is going on with other vaccines right now. Not everybody gets the flu shot, but we have general protection. Not everybody gets, you know, the ch childhood vaccines. And yet because of the herd immunity uh, concept, uh, people are protected from the diseases like polio and other uh, big diseases that have been conquered through vaccination. Um, the issue of vaccines, and I don't want to get into really a, a vaccination discussion here, but I I'm intrigued by the issue in terms of um, sort of the basic myths that are going around right now. There's a huge sort of um, undercurrent of sort of um, vaccines are the sign of the devil. It's the government's means to put a chip into your blood. Um, it's a result of a totalitarian regime that's trying to control you. Look, I, I don't believe that. I really don't. And you can call me naive. The truth is, um, it hasn't happened yet. I don't believe there's a chip in my blood that has controlled my thoughts through any of the other vaccine programs that have been ongoing, and I don't believe it'll happen now. I really don't. Uh, I think that uh, ultimately, uh, it's easy to talk about wearing of masks from a perspective of loving your neighbor. Now, everybody's kind of talking that language. Uh, what I find interesting is often the very same people who talk about loving your neighbor through wearing masks uh, can also, in the same breath, uh, speak um, uh, against vaccinations. Uh, it, think of vaccines as another way to love your neighbor. If you're able to get vaccinated and by doing that, you provide protection for maybe the few in our country who will not be able to get the vaccine, then in my opinion, that is one way to love your neighbor. So, um, uh, should I gather with my family for Thanksgiving? Yes, cautiously. Is it unbiblical for Christians to self-isolate out of fear of catching COVID? No, but don't let fear drive you. And of when a vaccine becomes available, do you recommend I take it? Yes. And by God's grace, I am praying that a vaccine would become available soon so that we might, uh, by God's grace, resume some level of normal sooner than later. That's my prayer. Um, if you disagree with me, I'd love to hear from you at dearlena at livingwithpower.org. If you've got questions about anything, remember, send them to me at dearlena 
Sherlina at livingpower.org. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends. Hey, I love talking about all things COVID and all things God. So next week, we'll talk about something related to God and culture. But for today, enjoy the rest of your day. Don't forget to join our Facebook community group. Uh, I teach live every Thursday night at 7 p.m. To get to our Facebook community group, just go to livingwithpower.org and click on the blue box at the top of the page that says join our community. Hey, did you know that God loves you? There's no better news uh, for us to hear today than that. Jesus loves you so much. Have a great day.